0: Welcome again to another episode of Ben Speaks. I am your mostly unforgettable host, Chris Blakeman. I want to wish you a warm welcome on this Friday. Happy Friday. Happy uh, Halloween Eve. Um, it's beginning to look a lot more like a fall out there. Uh, tonight, I want to throw a little bone to my libertarian friends. I'm pretty hard on my libertarian friends and And you may ask yourself, well, gosh, why is he so hard on his libertarian friends? And I'll tell you why. Libertarians are dangerous. And they're dangerous mostly because they're so very, very similar to Republicans, despite the fact that they embrace some leftist ideas. Now, why is this dangerous? What's dangerous about them is that they've, lost a sense of direction in understanding that the world is not a microwavable good. You can't simply come up with an idea in the political world that is an easy-bake-oven concept that can come to fruition just magically because you voted somebody in office. Now, it's minutiae to say that even if a libertarian president were elected uh, that uh, they would have huge stalemates in Congress and just that's just a load of crap because there are some presidents that know how to work with Congress and unfortunately many times uh, the product is not to the liking of uh, the conservative minded folks. Uh, So I guess in some ways the libertarians feel like a stalemate is better than nothing. That's like saying, well, I've only got three flat tires. So tonight I want to throw them a little bone and I'd like to talk about taxation and how we align so greatly the libertarians and the Republicans, the conservative Republicans, the ones who actually know the history, <clears throat> uh, enjoy the ideology of uh, Silent Cal, Cal Calvin Coolidge, great president. Um, the idea of not deficit spending, the idea of possibly banning the IRS, taxes theft. Whether you think tax is uh, good because uh, this or that, it's theft. Why is it theft? Well, if I took your wallet from your pocket, that's not charity. It's theft. Putting a feel-good spin on something does not change the definition. Now, we keep trying to do this in our culture to change the definition of words to kind of smooth out the wrinkles for what the actual antagonist or protagonist is of the concept. That is mentally retarded. And words have meaning. Tax is theft. And if I felt better about my taxation with representation, I wouldn't feel this way possibly because I would feel like I had a say, but I don't have a say and you don't have a say. And for a great many years prior to Abraham Lincoln There's been this I- idea of kicking around a notion that the federal government should be able to impose taxes during a peacetime. Well, what does the federal government do? What is their specific number one job? It's the safety of. The nation. The safety of the nation is protection from invasion. The safety of the nation is not charity, that's the goodwill of a nation. So, a little bit of history about how federal income tax came to be. The federal income tax started in 1913. It was kicked around by a Republican named Theodore Roosevelt. And it was carried out by William Taft after him. But this got it starts way back in 1812. During a war. Okay. Reversing engines just a little bit. Why did we have a violent revolution in this country against the British? It wasn't because we disliked their accents. <clears throat> it was because we specifically did not like being taxed to the, through the nose without being represented. Well, during the time that these taxes eventually evolved into a federal income tax. We had Senate members that were appointed by governors and life was a lot more constitutional. But in 1913, that all changed. And you were given no choice. Your grandparents, your great-great-grandparents. They were given no choice. The government hereby decrees that they are going to steal X amount of your paycheck every single month. And you have nothing to say about that. You will take that. You will like it. That was the beginning of big government. But, by and large, it was still under control because it was a very small amount. It's still theft. When it exploded government, I use the term today, blew the broadside out of government, was when the leftist king, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, was able to pass a bill because of a challenge in the Supreme Court, he was able to get this through. I think it was the Pollock decision. And it gave the federal government the right to collect Social Security and FICA taxes. Before Social security taxes went into effect in 1937. I think it was. The reason why I say there was much more control on the federal income because it was a state issue. The states owed the federal government X amount of dollars per capita, per population. And then it was incumbent upon the states to devise a way... That was acceptable to the people to collect that money from its citizenry. Um, To this day, we still have states that do not have an income tax. They manage. They found a way. And they're pretty populous states. Florida being the first one that comes to mind. They steal from you less. I know they have the tourism industry. That's the... You know, luck of the draw. That should entice more people to want to live there. But following up with what came after the federal income tax was the Social Security tax. It was a decree. Starting on X date, you will proudly succumb to your government and we will steal even more money from you Without your consent, we're going to hold that money. We're going to collect the interest on it. We're going to spend it at whatever way we see fit. And they put lipstick on the pig so that the image was is that we're helping um, the children during the Depression. We're helping farmers. We're, we're we're now gonna take from you. We're gonna rob from Peter to pay Paul. We're gonna we're gonna Robin Hood your ass. And and we're gonna decide in our infinite wisdom who actually gets that money. If the people of this country were encouraged to upon cashing their paycheck to write the IRS a check every single pay period for exactly how much tax they owed, we may find a much larger population of libertarians, quote-unquote, conservatives in this country but because it's become some sort of accepted evil and they just steal it before you even get a chance to look at it, but then you can see it on your pay stub. And if it doesn't make you want to throw up, then you're basically just complicit. You're kind of like a bootlicker and I'm sorry that I have to call you names, but you are just, if it doesn't make you ill, then you're a leftist because you accept the fact that you're giving money away that you will never get back. You have funded wars. You have paid for people's transgendered frickin' hormone treatments. You have paid for a lot of ill-gotten gains. I'm sure there's some good things that come out of it. But by and large, there are not good things that come out of it. The reason why I say this is because every single four years, we hear two political parties battle it out, and by and large, both parties claim the other party is going to ruin your Social Security. If Social Security was that damn fragile and that poorly run, Then a single man or woman, yet to be seen, is incapable of damaging an almighty government program. You'd never hear it. What that should lead you to believe is that that program has been so poorly run that it's virtually bankrupt, has been bankrupt, and essentially what you're paying in now is paying for the elderly now. And we've known this for such a long time now. Yet we don't see any sort of movement whatsoever because people think this is it's a guaranteed bang. I'm going to get that money when I'm 67 fucking years old. And leukemia is fully set in or my mesothelioma is completely on point. In all these years, thousands of dollars. And you're supposed to be freaking happy that you get $1500 back on your tax returns after paying in tens of thousand of dollars that year. And in some cases, much, much more than that. Social security is a joke. People today cannot survive on social security. What they can survive on, however, is investment, investment banking. If you have a 401k or if you have an, Uh, an IRA account over the, over the length of 40 years, you can walk out of that investment, a millionaire or more. Let me repeat that after 40 years, if we had the option to opt out of social security and invest that into a 401k By the time that account matures and you can successfully draw off of that account without major penalty, you can walk out as a millionaire. The same thing would be true if the government accepted the notion that you're loaning them money to hold on for you because they clearly think you're too dumb to do with your money what you can do with your money. So they're going to hold it for you. They take the money and do not charge you themselves interest to take that money. Hold on to it For, let's see, most kids, they get started around 16 years old working. 16 to 65 years old is uh, 50 years. You don't earn interest on that. You get some slide rule median margin that is just absolutely out of this world, not even close to what you've invested And people just accept this garbage. This is what they, this is our safety net. This is our, this is crap. There are people who fall on hard times. God bless them. And I agree, there are a couple of merits. But see, when you have a situation where something is built, As an emotional response. You're treading on some really dark water there. You see, this is how socialism creeps into the minds of young people. This is how Marxism becomes acceptable. This is how communism becomes real. I mean, real, real. When you start accepting that the government is going to bail your ass out then you start getting desensitized to the idea that government shouldn't be this damn big. It's actually written in our Constitution that it shouldn't be this damn big. If you're going to have a welfare state, then it should be a state's rights issue. It should not be a federal thumb on you. I don't particularly enjoy the feeling of being a thumbtack. But it's what we are. Because we are so preoccupied with so much other minutia and crap in our daily politics. We have to constantly battle the left that we can't talk about substantive substantive things. That would really affect, A, the economy. Because more money in your pocket equals you spending more of your money or you saving your money yourself, your personal economy. We can't even talk about certain things because we're constantly picking at nits. Because we have an extremely divisive other side that wants to keep throwing crap in your face to keep you occupied, like, oh look, a squirrel. Or, oh, it's a mostly peaceful protest. The federal government has been stealing from us since before 1913. What do we get out of it? The return is extremely low. Most people expire before they ever see a drop of social security. That was the plan. You worked, you worked overtime, you got taxed at a higher rate at overtime to make your government bigger. So who are they working for? And I'm not going to go down the road of tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorists. There's plenty of them out there. That's not my bag. But if it doesn't infuriate you, you're not in control of your finances. Because you might see it as, "Oh, it's just 150 bucks on this pay period," or "Oh, it's only 400 bucks on this pay period. It's only 900 bucks on this pay period. The more successful you come, you become, the more they beat the living snot out of you." Oh, well, people that are that wealthy can, they can do extra things with their money to make themselves more successful. Why should they have to? Most people who are wealthy, most, are hustlers. They've taken big risks and gotten big rewards. And a lot of them have fallen on their faces many times. Donald John Trump is one of them. You don't make the big leagues without failing. Period. There is no way to describe that any better. You simply don't. And in the process of making all that money, they just keep taking and taking and taking. And it's really sad when you have a whole political party that's like, get the rich, hang the rich. Why? Why? They're the biggest victims. They take all the, re- the, all the risk. They employ everybody. They get taxed way more than the average dude. I am freaking Joe extra medium average. I see what they take from me every freaking year. It is not my duty. It is not my solemn duty or it is not of consequence to me how anyone else's family is doing. That is not what this country is based on. I know that seems kind of cold, but it's really just matter of fact. It is not my duty to pay for somebody else's problem. I'm not one of those pay your fair share kind of guys. There's plenty of you out there. Like, oh always just pay those taxes for the schools. Yeah, the schools. Look at them go now. I'll just pay those taxes because it fixes my roads. Yeah. You drive anytime recently? But that's a state issue mostly. I'm talking about on a federal level. So as best I could tell is one of the things that <clears throat> is a perpetual bond with guys like myself who consider themselves constitutional conservatives and my libertarian friends is is taxation. And how, if you don't consider it theft, then you're really just not paying attention. Have you ever been on unemployment? I have not. I haven't. I'm really proud of that. You know what I had to do to never be on unemployment? I had to work really freaking hard at what I did until I mastered it. And then I found something else to master. And then I found something else to master. That makes you relevant. That makes you not somebody with a freaking gender studies degree who can't find a job. I don't care about people like that. Those people make really bad decisions. One of the things that my first master that I apprenticed under, Brian J. Smith, I miss you, Bernie. Don't know where the hell you're at, but you're a hell of a cool guy. He said to me, Chris, what I'm going to show you Will never make you rich. But you will always be relevant. You will always have a job when the economy turns down. And you will always be in demand. Because having a a utility master tradesman license is unlike anything out there in the world. They can never take your skill set away from you. Okay. And then it came true in 2009 when my friends lost their jobs being computer nerds and I was getting raises because there just ain't that many of us. Then my next master that I worked under basically told me the same thing. And then I got that master license. And I made myself more important. Not to anybody else. To myself. Self-reliance. That's what this country is based on. Self-reliance. Rugged individualism. If you want to call that toxic masculinity, I want to fight you. Because you are a bitch. There's nothing toxic about being able to take care of yourself and not needing a damn government to do it for you. So what happened instead of instead of a sunset clause being put into welfare, social security, whatever you want to call it, they just keep ramping it up. We can't say it doesn't increase because it does. Pay very special attention to your pay stubs. You would know it if you had to write them a check. At every pay period. So you knew exactly how much. That utility was costing you. And what limited return. You get on it. That's socialism. It's tyranny. And it's how. Eventually. Communism becomes acceptable. You create a nanny state. Because what happens. What happens When you start feeding the bears. Every time you drive up to that area that says do not feed the wildlife. There's a bear waiting in line. To be fed. We have a homelessness problem in this country. A lot of that's attributed to mental illness. And I don't want to talk about that as that not my wheelhouse. But there is a lot of it that you can attribute to pure, unadulterated laziness. And these people are homeless, <clears throat> in a manner of speaking, where they're living in a home At 35 years old. Better known as their mom's basement. And they bitch and moan and complain about how wealthy the wealthy are. And how it's unfair. Unfair. I got your unfair for you right here. They're living for free otherwise would be homeless because by the grace of their parents who are ignorant, the charity that they're giving them, these weak ass, pathetic bitch men, accept the dole because they don't want to try. They had their spine surgically removed or something. They're just weak and pathetic. And if you look back in the history of man, you don't find that. Not in America. You don't find weak and pathetic frontiersmen and women. When this country was Manifest Destiny, those were some hard people. I respect those people. They also didn't have a government breathing down their frickin' throat, stealing every drop that they took or that they made. That's a fair treatment. The government made an excuse to grow itself. And the means by which to grow themselves was theft. That's roughly when the IRS started, 1913-ish. Somebody had to collect the taxes. Then you had a giant welfare state. Social security. So what do we do? I don't really have an answer to that. The only thing I can do or think to do is to get your priorities straight, especially libertarians. This is why you're dangerous. What you do not see in front of you are the priorities of a nation. Not the obligation of a taxpayer, the priority of a nation. Live in the now. Do what you can do now to accelerate your wants and needs later be reasonable use your common sense use the tools that were on loan from God like Rush Limbaugh would say think about it wasting your time with an anti-liberty party like the left let me let me start that sentence over again wasting your time voting in a libertarian president is not combating the enemy the enemy is the international left the international left is here and they're here for your rights we would be much better suited if we created an alliance between the republican party I've already discussed how I don't feel like I'm always a part of that party, whatever. If there were an alliance between the libertarians and the right, we could oust the leftists. We could we could put them in a place where back into the lunatic fringe where they freaking belong. And you may see the two-party system shift. What you would see initially in my hypothesis is the emergence of a third party after we put baby in the corner. If we put the left in the corner where they freaking belong... Take back the hostages that they, that they have taken in the, quote, moderates that they have. That's a stretch, but there are moderates on the left. Push the left off. And then what you would have remaining are two liberty parties. And that would make for a hell of a good argument. I know the Republican Party is not perfect. It's exponentially more perfect than the Democrat Party. That's the party of enslavement and deceit. It's literally what their history is. They are the big government party. They are the higher taxes party. This takes very little research to find out. Know who your friends are, Libertarians. Know who to support in the now to get to where you're going. That's politics. It's a dirty, ugly, divisive game. But it's a game that can be won. And victory is putting it back in the hands of the people. Not the demagogues, not the financiers, the people. Vote down ballot libertarian all you want. That's fine. That's a state issue. Build your party in a state. That makes sense. But on the national stage, stop pretending that it doesn't matter who you vote for because a leftist, another leftist will put us back so many years, so many decades. We agree on so many topics, but you're stuck. You're stuck on picking nits or Maybe there is a certain amount of sanctimony that comes along with thinking you're better because you, you're um, libertarian. you got a different name. Names don't really matter. The Constitution matters. And there's one party out there that's primarily a constitutional party in an arguably post-constitutional era And then there's another party that would just assume turn our Supreme Court into a Politburo, our country into a police state, and elect a king and not a president. If any of my libertarian friends are listening, think because what I'm saying isn't absurd. I know it hurts, it's abrasive because you know, kind of bruises the ego if you really break it down to brass tacks. But what you're doing with throwing your vote out, it doesn't help to push away the enemy. the enemy has put out a 110-page manifesto of what they want to do for this country should Joe Biden become president. That doesn't even come close to jiving with the way you guys feel. Know who your allies are. Vote with your brain. Emotional responses got us Social Security. And I'll leave it at that. I hope everybody has a great weekend. It's uh, almost Halloween. I'm sure that the dictators in your neck of the woods will do everything they can to spoil all the fun that comes along with Halloween because they are soulless zombie freaks that think that they can beat a virus with something uh, political and uh, mandates. God. the mandates what they do not want to ban they want to mandate and what they do not mandate they want to ban that's a quote from chris plant check him out sometime all right thanks for listening to another episode of ben speaks god bless you